Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we're going to a place where physics meets medicine. We're going to visit a lab on a chip. What kind of chip? Like a potato chip? Tortilla chip? Those are my favorite. <laughs> no, it's a computer chip. We're about to find out how a physicist is using the tiniest particles to help save lives from dangerous diseases. Right after this. Marshall, when you think of physics, like what kind of science do you think of? Well, definitely like outer space, uh, lasers, bashing particles into each other. Do you think of like health or medicine at all? Uh, I mean, I guess like medicine uses physics, but no, it's mostly bashing things into each other. <laughs> well, get prepared to open your mind because I'm going to show you how the physics of medicine is just as awesome as any of the stuff you named. Just on a different scale. And we're going to start at a physics institute in Barcelona. Much more quiet. Great. The office I found myself in was pretty normal sized, but an entire medical laboratory was sitting on the table. And that tiny laboratory was invented in part by this physicist, Roman Quindant. So my name is uh, Roman Quindant. Uh, he definitely pronounces his name differently than you do. Yeah, he's French and I'm not. What? <laughs> but mon chéri, I thought you were French. <laughs> well, the other thing that's important to know about Roman is that he had a really hard time deciding what he wanted to do when he grew up. I thought like maybe I should be, I, sh I should study medicine. So why didn't he end up being a doctor? Um... I guess that was a question of curiosity. Curiosity got the best of him. Science in general, and in particular physics, was bringing me this um, completely new view on our world and how it works. Roman saw physics as an incredible way to ask questions about how the world works. With physics, you can ask anything from the very big... Like, uh, where did the universe come from? To the very small. Like, what is inside of an atom? He ended up studying the small side of things. So nanotechnology is, uh, let's say, is uh, one branch uh, of physics. Uh, nanotechnology? What's that? It's making new technology, like all that science and engineering that's behind our cool gear, but making it very, very, very little. One nanometer would be typically 100,000 times smaller than the diameter of a hair. So something that is very, very tiny. I would say that is very little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, just look at a single strand of your hair and then imagine cutting it lengthwise into 100,000 slices. Um, I can't even imagine doing that. So I'm talking about objects typically of a few tens of nanometers. So basically he works on things that are microscopic. You can't see them with the human eye. Exactly. And when things get that small, they also get really interesting that enables you basically to, to, to push the limits uh, of physics. Pushing the limits of physics? Like, what do you mean? It allows us to shrink technology. <laughs> like shrinky dink, you put it in the oven and it just gets really tiny? <laughs> Not quite. 
I saw Roman's lab and there's lots of really big machines in there that are definitely not ovens. <laughs> but it did help him make a new kind of chip. You have the chip there in your hand right now. So basically, uh, what we see here is uh, somehow uh, the package of the chip that is a few uh, square centimeters, one inch per, per one inch. Wait, he made a tiny chip package? <laughs> I mean, I'm on board with snack packs, but what he's describing seems too small for even like a little snack. <laughs> This is an entirely different kind of chip. It's like a tiny board that helps run so much of our technologies these days. Oh, you mean a computer chip. Why don't you just say that? Because <laughs> I like making jokes about potato chips. <laughs> they are so tasty. <laughs> these chips aren't for smartphones and tablets. They're for our health. Why would you want a chip for your health? Instead of sending the blood sample of the patient to the clinics, to send the laboratory to the patient. These are tiny squares that are so small you can hold them right between your thumb and your forefinger. And so the idea is that your doctor will be able to take a small drop of your blood and then tell you almost immediately the chances that you might have a disease. Wow, so when I need to get blood drawn at the doctor, they ship it off to another office, and it takes, like, days to analyze and see whether I'm sick or healthy. Right, like, you have to wait those couple of days for the results to come back to your doctor, and then for your doctor to call you. And if you think you might have a serious disease, those couple of days can make a big difference. Well, so cutting out that time sounds like a huge improvement, but how does it work? Well, it takes a lot of different kinds of science and a lot of scientists. First of all, it's based on some really cool biology. Each disease in human body basically is associated to very specific molecular clues, a kind of a, a fingerprint. So when you get sick, a disease leaves clues to its identity in your body. They're tiny, tiny molecules. <laughs> so they're like... Hey, it's me, bad disease. Oops, I thought I'd get away with it. If we are able to detect low concentration of these molecules into the blood, we can anticipate and early diagnose, basically, the disease. So if doctors can catch these molecules hanging out together in our blood, they can start treating the disease early. Exactly. So how do they find these clues? With molecular mini-detectives. So what we do is that we cover the nanoparticle with a molecule that will recognize the molecule that we want to detect. So you have this little blood sample and it goes on the chip. It flows towards a tiny nanoparticle in the middle. And sitting on that nanoparticle are the molecular detectives designed to seek out a specific disease. And if they find those molecular clues, they apprehend them. And if the molecule, the complementary molecule is here, it actually attaches. The mini detectives and the clues fit together like two pieces of a puzzle. It's like slipping a pair of handcuffs onto a criminal. Well, that's pretty cool. It's like a little crime thriller happening in our blood. I know. So what happens next? Is the disease brought in for questioning? Is there like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing? <laughs> well, First, there's got to be a way for doctors to know what's going on in the chip. They need to know that the mini-detectives have brought someone in. 
And that's been Roman's big scientific innovation. He helped make the connection between this tiny world and our human world. He discovered a way to make the nanoparticle on the chip change color. Like the mini detectives just turn the lights on in the police car? Not quite, but it does have a lot to do with light. Because when the two different molecules lock together and you shine a light on them, they make a very visible change. The nanoparticle will have a specific color that is very well defined. They change color? Yes, but if there's no disease, everything just stays the same. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, so tell me, if the nanoparticle is still so small that the human eye can't see it turning pink or whatever, how do doctors know about it? The whole chip goes into a device, and doctors can read that device, it's kind of like a credit card reader or something, to see how many molecules the mini-detectives found. Did they have the run of the place, or were there just a few starting to congregate? So that number can help them make a decision about how best to treat the disease. Oh, the drama. The tiny, tiny drama. It's also important to zoom out and see that this is really about saving human lives. Fast disease detection has a lot to do with whether people can get treatment in time to get healthy again. So this tiny little chip could make a big difference. Are people using it yet? We've been working now for eight years. It might make disease detection fast, but it's still a slow and careful process to make it real. There is a a very long process from the idea to the final device. Right now, Roman is working with doctors to make sure the device does what it's supposed to do, detecting diseases faster and better than traditional laboratories. I mean, that makes sense. It helps doctors make really important decisions, and you want to make sure that those little nanoparticles aren't changing color with any old molecule. Exactly. What Roman created, that technique of the color changing, is really basic science, meaning other scientists could use that technique for lots of different kind of nanotech devices. All right, so today I found out that physicists can stage arrests within our own blood, and it's basically invisible to us, but it can save our lives. I mean, it's not like we're comparing that exactly to the space race, but added to all the things that we use physics for, it's pretty awesome. I agree. Another feather in physicists' science cap, as if they needed another one. (laughs) So we want to know from you, If you could shrink a piece of technology, what would you shrink? How would it make your life better? Thanks to Roman Quindon at the Institute for Photonic Sciences in Barcelona, Spain. Sarah Lentz is our editor. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I make all of the music. Stay tuned for more stories of science discovery. Discovery.